yeah, let's keep going up, huh? I'm going to do things a little out of order. I'm going to switch it up here. I was going to save this. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to read Romans 8. It's a meaty portion of scripture that we're going to focus on today. Let's just align ourselves with the living word of God. This is ESV if you're following along on your phones, but it might be helpful to follow on the screen because there's some nice strategic pauses, okay? Don't want you to get caught off guard, okay? All right, let's read together. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, woo! For the law of the spirit of life has set you... Oh, too fast, too fast, okay. Verse two. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Go ahead and take a seat. Jesus, would you speak this word? You already are. As we speak it with our mouths, I can feel that the power of Jesus is released through the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so we ask that today, as I, as I crack open and try to explore in holiness the word before you, that we would be feasting upon you this morning. We'd be drinking deeply of your blood this morning, God. That there would be a revelation of who Jesus is and who we are in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right, I'm already feeling fired up just reading that. We can go home now, that was good. Whew. I'm preaching today on freedom and life in the spirit. 
And we're going to be looking at four evidences in our lives of the power of the Spirit of God working in us and working through us. There's a problem that I, that I see and I sense these days, and th- this, this problem is the war between wanting, fully wanting to walk with God. We, we've been singing about, I just want you, God. I just want you. But there's this tension in our lives of wanting him, but still feeling like we're stumbling and we're stuck and, and we're, we're giving into this temptation and we're, we're giving into this conversation and to this worry and to this fear. All sorts of different areas of sin and lack start to, to come into our lives when we're, when we're really wanting to focus on Jesus. We're wanting to give him everything, but we can feel this war within us. What is this tug of war within us? And so I, I want us to be not a hot and cold kind of Christianity. We are not meant to be a lukewarm kind of Christianity. And a lot of what I believe God is doing in this season, in this house and in this city, is moving us from a posture of struggle, a posture of being on the defense, to moving us into the kingdom, into the offense, into taking ground with God. Did you know that the kingdom of God is wherever God is on the move? The kingdom of God is wherever God is active. Are you aligning yourself to seek first the kingdom of God? Are you aligning yourself to seek first where God is active? Did you know that a lot about ourselves is actually found by what we are seeking? Who you are is defined by what you are wholeheartedly seeking. Are we seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? That is the hunger that I want to stir in the room. So my hope is that through this incredible passage of Romans 8, we will be both freed on the defense and we will be ignited on the offense into the fullness of the power of the cross and the resurrection power that dwells within us to place us dramatically further into a position of victory that gets us on the offense. We don't need any more dislocated believers out there. We don't have 70 years to be breaking off generational curse after generational curse. We don't have 70 years of therapy planned before us. We have the blood of Christ that is living and active and enough for you. It's time for us to align with the eternal truth that his blood is enough for us. The cross, it is finished. It is finished. There is nothing nothing that can keep you from the love of God. And when we discover the true love of God, we will be propelled turbo force into what you are called to be. This is the spirit of God alive within us. Are you hungry? Good response. Are you hungry? Holy spirit, do it within us. We're not going to strive into a place of getting it all right. We're not going to strive into a place of perfect theology before the thing. We need your guidance, Holy Spirit. So do that in our lives. We are hungry. We are open. We are willing. We are yielded before you. 
Breathe the life of the Spirit within us that we'd be truly alive in Jesus. Truly alive in the Son. Truly alive in the Son. In the book of Romans, Paul had spent his time, his missionary base was in Antioch. And he had swept through the eastern side of the Mediterranean, going city to city to preach the good news of who Jesus is. He's Messiah. He's the one. Do you want to know him? Do you want to engage with him in his power and his goodness? And as he finished his tour, a few tours, of the eastern side of the Mediterranean, he decided I'm sure by the leading of the Spirit that Rome would be his next mission base. And from Rome, he would travel westward to Spain and various places around the Mediterranean. And so here he is writing to the Romans, and he's writing to them an appeal of the theology of the gospel. Romans itself is a theological book with the theme of righteousness of God revealed in the gospel. And I know we're jumping into Romans 8. I mean, this is a mighty book. I would encourage you guys just to dig in. First of all, I love that these groups are going through Colossians. And, and the feedback I'm getting is astounding. You guys are A++ like, and extra credit. Like you guys are engaging with the Word of God and the Spirit all at once. And it's, it's breathtaking. It's breathtaking. In Romans... Paul had been writing the previous chapters with themes of finding peace with God through faith, the results of justification, being dead in sin but alive to God, and being united to Christ. And now, as we flip to chapter 8, we enter the glorious theme of life in the Spirit, which I believe is what God is speaking into us right now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Some of you just need to repeat that over and over again because you're still stuck in condemnation and shame and, and flogging yourself and just staying there trying to penalize yourself for, for where you've messed up. And these, these previous seven chapters, Paul is pleading with you time and time again, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's why it says, therefore, you've read all of my appeals in chapters one through seven. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That's some good news. And as followers of Jesus, in our lives, there are four main evidences of the life in the Spirit. Number one, in the Spirit, we have a new default setting. See how I made that a modern version of some rich theological texts. A default system. You guys know what a default system is? If you don't, I don't, I don't know where you live, but if you have a phone... Maybe you don't have a phone, and congratulations. It's probably really nice. No distractions, no one's getting a hold of you. Um, 
When you have a phone or a program, an operating system, and you want to run it a certain way without having to think about it, that's the default system. It's the natural inclination or disposition without any other thing impacting it. Before life in Jesus, our natural disposition was not in the spirit. We just read verse seven and eight tells us, for the mind is set on the flesh with its sinful pursuits. It's hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. It literally can't. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You could be a good person. You could, you could mow the lawn of the grandma across the street. You could do all sorts of good deeds. But Isaiah tells us in your own self-efforts, that's just filthy rags to the Lord. Because you think somewhere that your own goodness is making you good. You, however, you who've given your life to him are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. What does in the flesh mean? Some translations call it the carnal mind. The flesh is man's nature without the Holy Spirit. It's living a life that caters to sinful appetites and whatever impulse you feel like doing. In the flesh is controlled by the self and the selfish me monster. (laughs) It's all about me. What I want, what I feel, my impulses, what I think's best. I have more compassion than God does. Me, what I think is truth, what I believe and what I want. This is operating in the flesh. Controlled by the self and selfishness. What do I get out of it? What's in it for me? And you might have some temporary fun. Might be temporary a good time. But ultimately that path, as you continue to walk down it, is void. It's empty. It's extremely dark. It's unfulfilling. Because it's not life. It's a path of death not a path of life. It's fruitless. But the good news of the gospel is that salvation in Jesus means that you're no longer controlled by the flesh. Somebody give me an amen to that. No longer controlled by the flesh. That old sinful nature was nailed to the cross with Jesus and buried with him. And you were raised with him into new life given a new nature, a new identity, and it's not your only option to stay stuck anymore. It's no longer your default position. It's no longer the strongest pull or influence over your life. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Notice how the spirit of God, the very one that that God breathed scripture and is living in scripture emphasizes over and over again through every book that you cannot live this life successfully without me. The Christian life is life in the spirit. It is life in and through me. You're not meant to do it apart from me. It's walking. It's a real loving relationship. It's a holy dependency and trust in 
the Spirit. This is my new default position. And there's so much cultural Christianity out there, isn't there? Christian now can mean all sorts of different things. It's, it's a label on your dating profile. Christian is now a political stance, question mark. Christian is something you identify with your family or your lineage. And so sometimes I've been stopping asking like, oh, are you, are you a believer? Are you, are you born again? Because that can mean a lot of different things to different people. And, and the fruit of these Christians, quote, Christians that we're talking about, where is the fruit in their lives? And sadly, so many times people identify as Christians, but they look just like the world. But I kind of want to challenge us. Maybe a better question is, do you love the Lord? Is your heart tender to him? When you, when you think about and dwell on his faithfulness, are you sometimes moved to tears because of your own history with God? Is he more dear to you than anything else? Is he your first love? Do you walk with him and let him into all parts of your life? Do you long to bring him pleasure and see his name glorified? Then you can say, I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. When you're in the spirit, it doesn't matter how numb you've become, how dry you feel in a particular season. If you know him, your heart is still tender towards him. And even if you're going through some hard times for a little bit, it's not going to stay that way very long because we have a God that is alive and working in you. He is deeply working in the things that are keeping you and holding you back between him. The, the, the things that are between God and the blood-bought sons and daughters, he is determined with everything to remove those barriers and come into a place of woven love once again. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. The moment that we gave our yes to Jesus, we were headed in a completely different direction. But the Holy Spirit was the one that reached out and grabbed your shoulders and spun you around and looked at you and engaged with love in his eyes and said, come home, come to me. Come to me as you are. Let me clean you up. Let me love you. Let me tell you who you are. And he is the one that took your life from the pit and set your feet on a solid rock. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Don't cut me out, Satan. No. <laughs> Not today. They wanted it. All right. He is the one that opened our eyes, our spiritual eyes, the heart, the, the eyes of our heart to the truth of who Jesus actually is. I cannot save myself. Only Jesus can save me. And humbly, we receive the forgiveness of our sins by grace, freely, by grace. 
and we were made completely new. And from that new birth, we have a new outlook, a new life in Christ, a new nature, and a new default position. Number one, you are in a new default position. Number two, you have a new presence within. In the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Sadly, it feels like most evangelicals live disconnected from their new reality of power and transformation. How many times have we entered into religious circles and you're like, this feels absolutely dead and powerless? And it's grieving, isn't it? The Christian life should be Jesus alive, surging through us with life. I want you to keep your finger here in Romans 8, and I want to supplement it with another passage that relates. So turn now to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1. I want to list off some benefits some spiritual benefits of being in Christ. Are you ready for this? If you actually get a revelation of the benefits of being in Christ, there's no way that you can't say no to him, honestly. So let's take a look. I mean, there is a way, but you really shouldn't. (laughs) Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I didn't make slides for this. You got to follow along on your, on your texts, your iPads, your Bibles, literally pages that I never hear flipping. There it is. Thank you. Wow. That, you know what that reminded me of in youth group? Where, okay, this section go like this. Stomp your feet. Okay, half of this section, join them. Okay, this section, patter on your... Okay, this section, snap. Louder. Let it rain. Let it rain, everyone. All right, and done. Thank you for attending to my ADD. Let it rain. But not too much. Not too much rain there, God. Okay. Ephesians 1, verse 3. I'm going to read it to you. Follow along, please. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Barb, did you hear that? Every spiritual blessing. Oh, I love a good spiritual blessing, Star. That's marvelous, isn't it, Barb? Well, tell me about those spiritual blessings. I think I will. Let's journey in. (laughs) That's really just for this front row. It's a big inside joke, all for you. All right. Ready? Verse four. Even as he chose us, Number one, he chose us. We can put that up. There it goes. He chose us. Do you realize that he chose you? He chose you. He picked you. He likes you. He loves you. He chose you. All congrats and glory to Jesus for that one. 
Verse 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He makes us holy and blameless. Wow, are you holy? Um, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I feel holy. No, I, I don't know. Are you blameless? Um, I, I don't know if I, I feel blameless. You are holy and blameless. This is how he sees you and treats you. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself. You were adopted. You know, more of predestined is, is just chosen. Chosen to be family, full family to God himself. Adopted, adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. Can I get an amen? Amen to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The beloved. We are family. He calls his family beloved. How'd you like to have a dad like that? Some of you didn't have that, where he looks at you with all affection and calls you his beloved. You are his beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood. There is redemption in life in Christ. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. We have forgiveness. All of your sins, all of them cleansed, washed away, and forgiven. Romans 8.1, no condemnation for those in Christ. The riches of his grace, which he lavished on us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So we have knowledge, and we have his will, and we have a purpose for our lives. Verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Do you know that you have an inheritance from God himself? having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. We have hope, an eternal hope. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. The final two, we have salvation and we are sealed. All of these blessings that are up here, all of them, I wanted to get to this one, sealed. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what sealed looks like in scripture? The same way that it does in Game of Thrones. Sealed looks like an individualistic ring that is the crest or a something that someone could not replicate that is on the finger of someone very important. And they dip it in wax and they seal a legal document with the wax and the signet ring. And it's a way of, of how they would give their signature for any legal documents or important letters that were meant to be made. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit. His seal is upon you. The proclamation by the cross was, it is finished. It is done. You are his. He is yours. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Nothing can snatch you out of his hands. You can never be unadopted. 
You are sealed and you are secured forever. God is not ashamed of what he bought. And he is a God that's for you. At the end of Romans 8, we have this magnificent phrase that says, if God is with you and for you, who can be against you? He is for you and for you with a vengeance. So we have this new presence within us called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God on earth with us. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's counseling. He's reminding you who you are, your true identity in him. He's affirming you as his child and what you were born for. He convicts you of sin and brings you back on the path of life. He comforts you in difficulty. He gives discernment in every situation. He gives ministry gifts so that we can minister to those in dark places and have his power operating through us in this dark world. And all of these things are given by the Holy Spirit of God. And did you know that right now, you might not be able to pay your rent at the end of the month, but you are filthy rich. You're rich. You are rich because you're in him. He made a way for the riches of God's love and blessings to be activated and overflowing in your life. And if we really have a revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done, we can have the utmost hope in our lives, the utmost expectancy and joy because we know that he, this God that we just spoke about, is in us and he's with us. We have all of this language in this chapter, this proximity language of in and with, in, 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 with, with, with. It's so that we know that he's here with us. We have a God that's seated on the throne and he's here with us. And we are seated in him. Proximity language, the nearness and devotion of our God. So we have these evidences of the spirit in our life. You have a new default position. You have a new presence within you. And you have a new identity forever. Nine, verse nine. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Can we give it a little flip it and reverse it? Anyone who does have the spirit does belong to him. It's the Missy Elliott version of the Bible. A few of you caught that. Thank you. Millennials. All right. Elder millennials. <laughs> Not planned. We just pray for Missy right now. God. May she become radically saved and appear here at Evergreen. God, we need her rapping skills in the house. I'm serious. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Go up. Go up. Everyone who does have the Spirit does belong to Him. There was a survey that went around that highlighted 
the, the area that most believers attach their identity to. Where do you think most believers choose to attach their identity to in their lives? Number, oh, we got some shouting out in the crowd. All right, all right. That is one of them. All right, we got my family, possessions, what I wear, what I have, my house, associations, who we know, who we're hanging out with, where we work. Oh, yes, I uh, work at, uh, you might have heard of it, Snapchat. Yeah. Um, That's really cool, Eugene. Well, I got my master's at Stanford. Right, so we got a little identity wrapped up in there. All right. Number four, fame. Look at who I know, where I go. My friend group is all models. I'm important. Some of you are like, it's a little too close to home. Uh, Pastor. I hang out with people that aren't models. Number five. Before Christ, I was fill in the blank. Do you know a lot of people get stuck in thinking that this is still their identity? So they talk about it a lot. Oh yeah, before Christ, my BC days, I'm really cool. I have a past. I'm an edgy Christian. They talk about it like it's still a major part of who they are. But really they're still stuck in their struggles and they haven't believed of who they really are. Who are we then at our core? Who are we? We are blood-bought sons and daughters of the Lord Most High. That's who you are, blood-bought as a son or daughter of the Lord Most High. That is the core of your identity. The core of your identity. What does blood-bought mean? Colossians 1.14 says, Without the shedding of blood, there's no payment for sin. 1 John 4.10 says, tell us how much God loves us, that, that he sent his son to be the payment for our sins. The payment for our sins was the innocent death of Jesus as the final sacrifice. Blood bought the highest price for you. He paid the highest price just for your life. So we have a new default position. We have a new presence within. We have a new identity forever. And number four, we have a new capacity for righteousness. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life, will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Who raised Jesus from the dead? The Holy Spirit did. The same spirit that lives in you and is turboing your victory in the face of temptation later today. That's the same spirit, resurrection power. When Paul is wanting to grab your attention, this is classic Paul. He's like, I need them to know the power of God that's operating in this text right now. You know what he always goes back to? The resurrection. Because there's no higher power than the resurrection of Jesus. Every time Paul's like, I want to, to iterate 
how important the power of God is in this specific area. I'm going to show you how powerful God is by talking about the resurrection one more time. Have you gotten it yet? This is the spirit of God that has chosen to live within you. Holy Spirit of God raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The areas of your life that feel hopeless, stuck, numb, broken, he's determined to infuse it with his resurrection power. If you're stuck in addiction today, let me remind you again of our resurrected Lord. You're having trouble in your marriage? Do you think this marriage is too hard for the God that raised Jesus from the dead? If he can raise him from the dead, the savior of the world, surely he can resurrect your marriage. You're depressed with your career situation? Let me inform you of a God that raised the Christ. He can raise you up at just the right time in your career. And the next time that temptation comes at you or the next time you're facing something, try making a righteous choice with dependency on the power of God. Be real before him. Lay yourself before him. God, in my own strength, I can't do this. I'm at the end of my rope. He says, good. Let my power be known in your weakness. And I think sometimes in charismatic culture, we want a lightning bolt from heaven to come the next time you're facing a moment of temptation. If God really wanted me to stop doing this, I need the lightning bolt. But we have refused the truth that his spirit lives in you and is enabling you. Would you just attach to him? Attach to him. We, we disqualify ourselves, but we literally have faith out of the victory Amen. because we think, uh, I can't do it in my own strength. I, 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 and where's God? God's not here. God has given you, has given you the strength to be free from sin. Amen. He has given you and will give you the strength to be free from sin. So give it your very best Call on the name of the Lord and let the combination of your dependency and radical trust be infused into your next situation. And watch what happens the next time you say no to the temptation in front of you. Will not joy come into your life as you choose no to death and destruction and yes to life? And watch day by day and week by week how you give your powerful choice of yes to the Lord. How he's igniting up a holy faith within you that you can and you will defeat this thing. You will be free from this thing. You will not go into eternity still stuck in this thing. That is not the will of the Lord. He has come to set you free. And so can we attach our faith in our dependency, in our weakness, to his strength. Can we do that? Can that Holy Spirit work do that deep within us today? So many times in, in my own life, you know, I, I have been given this Speaking of identity, 
I've been given this label called senior pastor. And what that means to all of you is I am a perfect. Perfect in all of my ways. That is sadly not true. But there comes moment after moment after moment where I'm supposed to be the one that has all the answers. I'm supposed to be the one with the strength. I'm supposed to be the one that is this figure to this person, this figure to this person. I need to have the answer for this person. I need to reply to this person. And guys, at my heart, I, I just want to be up here singing to the Lord. I'm, I, I'm a creative, you know? That's not an excuse. But what it means is that in my weakness, this is where I need to be going over and over again. Over and over again. God, in my weakness, the areas of my lack, come and be God. Come and be strength. Holy Spirit, I need counsel here. How did I go another day without checking in with you? How did I go an hour without checking in with you? You are my very life breath, God. How am I doing good things but without you? How am I busy with so many good things, but I've done it without you? Our posture needs to be lower and lower still before him. God, forgive me when I've done it in my own strength. What am I doing? God, forgive me when I think I've got it all figured out. God, forgive me when I've relied on my gifts that you gave me. And in that place of humility, the Spirit of God speaks. And he reminds you who you are and who he wants to be for you in your situation. He says, come here, come here, my boy. I got you. You're just my son. And he starts to speak that still small voice, love and affirmation. You know, it's not even about what you're doing. I just want you I just want to be living in a relationship with you. Everything else, it's going to work out. I just want you. And from that place of humility, we start to see the righteousness of the Spirit activated and operating. As we lay down our striving, as we lay down our filthy rags, we let the, the, the washing of the word of God, the washing of his righteousness actually be what consumes us.
This is life in the spirit. And I have, I have two, two groups of people in mind. And Louisa, maybe you can come up now. I have two groups of people in mind as I'm, as I'm preaching this. The first group of people, you've made your way somehow into this building. And you don't know yet if you know him. These things that were flashing on the screen, I don't, I don't know if I know, I don't know if I know him. And scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. That means the, the, the impact of our own sin and selfishness and the me monster, all of that is death. But the, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And I just want to ask you today, you can, you can ask yourself, have I made a time where I've actually made him my personal savior, where I've chosen to turn from my sins and make Jesus the Lord and King of my life. All you have to do is simply turn, turn to him, turn from your sin and place your faith in Jesus. Say, I'm trusting Jesus in faith. And the second group of people I have in mind are those that just need a fresh surrender and dependency on the Lord for everything. You know that you've been fighting things in your own strength and you need the help of God. And your heart cry, your prayer is God, soften my heart to receive that renewed relationship and that renewed strength. Spirit, true freedom. Would everyone stand up for a moment? We've had a lot of emphasis on the altar the last few weeks. I don't feel like we're supposed to go anywhere else right now except the altar. If, if you're in one of those two camps and you wanna give your life to Jesus and make him your Lord, or if you just need a fresh surrender and dependence on him, this is a place that Jesus can minister to you. And there's something about movement forward. He's the one that chose you but as you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And I pray that, that this would just be a moment where as you draw near, that God would meet you in your place of holy dependency. So I'm gonna open this up as an altar and then I'll instruct you of what's next. So if that's you, feel free to come forward now. You're saying, God, I wanna follow you. 
Lord God, I, I need you. I've been doing this in my own strength and I need a fresh surrender and dependence on the Holy Spirit for everything. I've been fighting this in my own strength for far too long. I need your help, God. Come soften my heart. Come soften my heart. Come soften my heart again. Come soften my heart again, God. Come soften my heart again. And some of you too might just wanna stay at your seat, kneel, get before the Lord. No one's looking around, it doesn't matter. This is, this is between us just coming before him. This is still open too if you decide to come up. And I wanna get down with you here. And whether you're at your seats or whether you're here at the front, if you want to make a declaration and put a mark in the ground this morning and make Jesus your God, the king of your life, I'm gonna invite you in a moment to raise your hand. If you were here a few weeks ago, Chris so, so beautifully spoke about how one year ago he gave his life to Jesus and everything's been completely different in his life. Miracle after miracle, knowing God, knowing the spirit in community, if this is something that you desire today, on the count of three, would you be so bold just to raise your hand as, as a marker in the ground this morning? So go ahead and raise your hand on one, two, three. Ready? One, two, three. I give my life to follow you, Jesus. I give my life to follow you, Jesus. I give my life to follow you, Jesus. Amen, amen. If you're just around one of these individuals, would you go place your hand on their shoulder? You can lower your hands once you have someone next to you. Yeah, feel free to lower your hands once someone's next to you. We're gonna pray together as a family, okay? We're gonna invite the Spirit of God to come in and do what only He can do what only you can. So I want you to speak this out loud because it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. So why, why don't we all repeat this? Ready? Jesus, I choose today to put my faith in you, to give my life to you, to follow you, I turn today from my sin and I lay it at the cross. I receive your freedom, your free gift, your salvation, that only Jesus can save me. And I say, Jesus, save me. Be Lord of my life. Cleanse me, fill me. I thank you, Jesus, for your death on the cross and for your resurrection from the grave. And would you take me and make me new and bring me out of the grave into new life? 
And here we're gonna, we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come fill you, ready? And right now, Holy Spirit, come fill me. From head to toe, fill me. Make me yours as I follow Jesus. Empower me. Give me grace for this life. Give me new understanding, a new identity, a new life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Can we thank the Lord for what he's doing? Heaven is rejoicing as we, as we, as even just one comes to know the Lord. All of heaven rejoices. Heaven is peering in. The angels long to see what it looks like for redemption to be known in a life. And right now, I just want us to, let's go ahead and grab hands of the person next to us. I want to pray for just a, a, corporate or a, that's a big word, a, a, a church-wide power, church-wide power to be known in our lives. So even right now, can we actually all just, this might be a little different, but I want us all just in a moment to pray out loud all at once, okay? As we pray out loud all at once, don't worry about the person next to you. Just pray for the power of God to come in and bring a replenishment for those areas that you've wanted to lay down and for his power, his resurrection power to be manifest in our lives. All right, ready? Let's go ahead and begin. Even right now, go ahead and pray it out loud. Pray it out loud right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in this house today. During worship, I was feeling um, a sharp pain on my right shoulder blade. I feel like the Lord just wants to bless you in this house right now. I feel like the Lord was saying that some of you, there have been um, darts and arrows thrown at your back trying to stop you. And I feel that the Lord just came in during worship and not only pulled those out, uh, those arrows out, those darts out, but placed his hand over them. So thank you by your spirit, Jesus, that you would come in right now. And yet again, you would remove those arrows. You would remove those darts. And I feel like the Lord is speaking that those darts are delay, delay. And so I break the power of that delay over you in the name of Jesus that Jesus, by your spirit, you would come right now. Right now. Right now. That your oil, your healing oil right now, Jesus. Oh, we receive the gift of your healing oil. And there was one other area of healing that I felt. I was, I was feeling a, a, a sharp pain in my right eye. 
So thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in power and healing. I feel like the Lord is saying that your, your, if your vision was blocked, if your vision was blocked, and I even feel if there was something wrong with your eye, literally um, like a brain tumor, I just feel like the Lord is bringing freedom in this place right now. So thank you, Lord, that you, you speak to us you use your spirit to bring forth healing. And we call upon you, Jesus, right now, and we just thank you for the healing that's coming, for a vision that's restored and delay that is broken in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen to that. I just felt like in the softening of our hearts, you can go ahead and um, let go of the hand next to you, as nice as that is. I just felt like we're supposed to, to sing a cappella for a few minutes and just let the Holy Spirit soften our hearts. The area that He highlighted in your life, just let Him saturate that place right now, okay? And we fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of Greatness of your mercy and love at the feet. Let's sing that again. We fall down. And we fall down. We lay our crown at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of the greatness of your mercy and love at the feet see me cry we cry holy 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 we cry holy 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 we cry fall down and we fall down we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus his greatness the greatness of your mercy and love at the feet of Jesus and we cry, holy, holy, holy. And we cry, holy, holy, holy. And we cry, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lamb? Sing, we cry, and we cry. Yeah, we cry, we cry, holy, 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 oh, we cry, holy, 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 is the Let's sing that one more time, oh, and we cry, holy, 
and we cry. Just take a moment right now, just start to sing out in the spirit, just right where you're at. Just lift your own voice right now, sing out to him, even if it's just a hum, even if it's just a hum from your spirit. Just let the Holy Spirit within you arise and magnify his name. Even if you're just singing the name of Jesus, just let it rise right now. Increase God, increase God, oh, increase Holy Spirit, oh. Come lift up, come lift up, hey. Come lift up, come lift up his name. Come lift up, come lift up his name. 
divine exchange when we lay down he fills us up full of himself so that we can arise in humility and power and strength and go out into this world and see change in all the darkness bless you guys i bless you in the name of jesus to go out filled and on fire and never the same never the same in jesus mighty name amen Wow. Okay. What a day. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's just give thanks to Jesus one more time. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Feel free to stay where you are if the Lord's ministering to you, but um, we have a ministry team over to my right that will be available if anybody wants prayer or just encouragement. Go ahead and find them afterwards, and they'd love to pray for you. Um, join us for lunch at the window at 1.30. 
And when you are ready, no rush, um, you can take your chairs and we'll be, Jordan's gonna be directing uh, traffic for that. And yeah, just lastly, um, any kids, um, if, they, if you guys could pick up kids before you take off now, that'd be great. And if you did give your life to Jesus today, congratulations. I'd love to chat with you. Come see me. Heaven's rejoicing. We're rejoicing. Bless you guys.